You're listening to the Grace Covenant East Lincoln Audio Podcast. Well, it is good to be with you all this morning. If you would turn in your Bibles to the book of 2 Kings, 2 Kings chapter 6, 2 Kings chapter 6. How many of you uh, had an outstanding Thanksgiving? Awesome. Awesome. How many of you were like me in that your sweatpants became skinny jeans? <laughs> and then some in my house. Uh, my wife my wife did just a fantastic job. How many of you guys are like um, sweet potato casserole kind of people? Man, I, this is so good. I eat sweet. I mean, all food is good to me. Look at me. I enjoy all food. Um, and, 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 but she just absolutely nailed it on Thanksgiving dinner. And I was getting ready um, to thank her. I was getting ready to show my appreciation at the end of dinner um, until something happened. How many of you have ever had that moment with your spouse when they do something or they say something and you look at them like, who are you? Anybody, anybody brave enough to say you've been there before? Okay, so my wife has just cooked this amazing dinner. And I'm just finished my, my, my turkey coma, right? And I'm getting up because the football game is not even competitive on TV. So I'm going to watch something that I've recorded on my DVR. Only to find out that this beautiful woman that I've been married to for 17 years has erased my movies to make room for Christmas stuff. Who in their right mind replaces Rambo with It's a Wonderful Life? Who does that? We're going to be in counseling over this thing. But she did. She, she like, how many, how many of you guys have done what she's done? You're already like lined up your Hallmark movies. Um, you're, you're ready for this Christmas. How many of you have already begun the decorating at your house, the Christmas lights? Who has a Christmas tree up? Okay, you're sick. <clears throat> you're sick. There's something wrong with you. I don't know how anybody can decorate or has the energy to decorate after Thanksgiving meals. I don't get that. Uh, but this is that time of the year, right, where everybody um, is telling us that this is the season of happiness. That is the season of happiness. Um, commercials tell us that this should be a season of, 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 of just being content, blessed, content, and happy. Commercials tell you that, Right. Definitely social media tells you that. Uh, even the songs that we listen to on the radio have changed, and they tell us that. That not only is it a season to be happy, but it's the most wonderful time of the year, right? It says that kids are jingle-belling, and everyone's telling you to be of good cheer. It's the most wonderful time. Some of you don't know the song. <laughs> That's Okay. It's the most wonderful time of the year, unless it's not, unless it's not. Don't get me wrong. When we think of what Christmas is and all that it represents and all that we remember it because of the Lord sending his son, then yes, it is. But how many of you know that sometimes life doesn't pause just because it's the holiday season, that life still comes at us? And while it might seem like everybody has an expectation that you are overwhelmingly happy during this season, I know for a fact so many people aren't. Why? Because life hasn't paused. 
Life hasn't paused, and certainly the enemy hasn't paused. The one that has come to steal, to kill, and to destroy um, doesn't take time out during this season. And I have had in the last just couple of weeks far too many conversations with far too many individuals who are going through some real tough stuff. Tough stuff happens no matter what time of the year it is, doesn't it? Tough stuff occurs in so many different forms and so many different fashions. Inside this church today, there are individuals who have going or are going through a season where their marriage is questionable, where they've been received or they have received from a doctor uh, a prognosis that has shaken them. Financially, people are going through some tough stuff. And so the question before us this morning is this, is how do we deal with tough stuff? When it seems like everyone else and everything going on around us is all happy and all good, and you're wondering, well, what about me? And maybe you're that person this morning where you've suffered loss, you're suffering a challenge, you're facing an obstacle, and it's overwhelming you right now. How do we navigate that? Because understand this, one of the things that the enemy loves to steal One of the things the the enemy loves to kill and destroy is your hope. And in order for him to steal your hope, he first has to steal your vision. Your vision. And your notes, you can write this down. It says, because that life is unpredictable and messy, it is crucial that we see life through the lens of vision. I love what Helen Keller said. She said that the only thing worse than being blind is having sight and no vision. Having sight and no vision. What is vision? It's different than sight. Sight is something that's physical. But vision is a God-given gift that allows you to see beyond your circumstances. Vision is a God-given gift that allows you to see beyond the trial that you're facing. Vision allows you to see over the mountain that's in front of you. Vision allows you to see past what the doctor has told you. Vision is a God-given gift that allows you to see past this moment of crisis in your life, in your marriage, in your home, in your community. Vision is what the Holy Spirit deposits within us that lets us know, I got this. And if there's one thing that the enemy would love to steal from you this morning is your God-given gift of vision. How many of you understand this morning that God has a plan and a purpose for your life? And if he has a plan and a purpose for your life, then he has a vision for your life. And he wants you to be able to see that vision the same way he sees that vision. And this morning, we're going to look at a man, a normal, regular guy, just like us, who is going through an incredible trial, An incredible challenge was placed right before him, not of his own doing. And the importance of vision and how it allowed this man to be able to walk with confidence, walk in victory, because he had regained his vision. If you're going to have victory in your life, despite circumstances, despite hardships, it is going to require vision. Vision. 
So here we find ourselves in 2 Kings chapter 6, verse 18. 2 Kings chapter 6, verse 18. Now, read with me if you would. It says, Now the king of Aram was at war with Israel. And after conferring with his officers, he said, I will set up my camp in such and such a place. The man of God, and the man of God in this story is Elisha. The man of God sent word to the king of Israel, beware of passing that place, because the Arameans are going down there. So the king of Israel checked on one place, on the place indicated by the man of God. And time and again, Elisha warned the king so that he was on his guard in such places. So what's happening pretty much is this. is this, this king is, is, is planning war against Israel, against the nation. And he's having conferences with his generals and with his leaders. And they're having those conferences behind closed doors. But the Holy Spirit is speaking to Elisha and telling him everything that they are planning. And then when he's heard this, he goes to the king of Israel, and the king of Israel is then able to defend the people because he now knows what the plans are. Uh, that would be pretty frustrating, wouldn't it, if you're the king of Aram? It says, this enraged the king of Aram, and he summoned his officers and demanded of them, tell me, which of us is on the side of the king of Israel? None of us, my lord, the king, said one of his officers. But Elisha the prophet, who is in Israel, tells the king of Israel the very words you speak in your bedroom. Well, go find out where he is, the king ordered, so I can send men and capture him. And the report came back, he is in Dotham. Then he sent horses and chariots and a strong force there. And then he went by night and surrounded the city. He sent horses, he sent chariots. He sent a strong force there. What is so easy for us to do when it comes to reading historical accounts in the Bible is to skip right over that. It may seem like a small thing to us today, but I promise you it was a big thing to them at that time. They were sending horses and chariots and an army against them. Listen, sometimes in life, other people may look at your situation and say, oh, that's just a small thing. But to you, it's a big thing. Some people may say, ah, what's your challenge? It'll be okay tomorrow. But to you, it's a big thing. And it certainly was a big thing to the servant, the servant of Elisha. He sees this incredible force. And read with me in the following verse. It says this, when the servant of the man of God got up and went out early the next morning, an army with horses and chariots had surrounded the city. Listen to his response. Oh, no, my Lord. What shall we do? Have you ever been there? Have you ever been in his shoes? Most likely there hasn't been horses and chariots and an army surrounding your house at night. Um, if so, YouTube that. That would be really cool to see. <laughs> but guarantee you, you have woken up in the early part of a morning when it seems like your life is still and it's quiet and everything's okay, only to find out you've been surrounded by a circumstance that seems so much bigger than you. And how many times when that happens have you cried out, Oh, no. What am I going to do? You ever been there? <laughs> How many of you are there? What am I going to do with this marriage that seems to be crumbling? What am I going to do with this child who's not walking with you, Lord? What am I going to do that my finances are a mess and there's still too much month at the end of my bills? Lord, what am I going to do? With what the doctor just told me I got. 
Lord, what am I going to do? Vision is the key to victory. In whatever circumstance you're facing, vision is the key to victory. When I'm facing something that's so big and it's overwhelming me and it's surrounding me and I don't know what to do and the ground underneath me is shaking, the first thing that sometimes goes is my sight, my vision. I can't see what's really truly happening around me. Listen what happened to the man of the Lord. In verse 16, he said, Don't be afraid. The prophet answered, Those who are with us are more than those who are with them. And Elisha prayed, Open his eyes, Lord, so that he may see. And then the Lord opened the servant's eyes, and he looked and saw the hills full of horses and chariots of fire all around Elisha. And as the enemy came down toward him, Elisha prayed to the Lord, strike this army with blindness. And so he struck them with blindness, just as Elisha had asked. Open his eyes, Lord, is what Elisha said. May, basically what he's saying is, God, give him vision. And he moved from the natural. The natural sees the challenge. The natural sees the circumstance. The natural sees defeat. But the supernatural vision sees that God is on the move, no matter what my circumstance may be. That God has got this. No matter what I'm facing, no matter how dark it may seem, no matter how unovercomable it is, my God has this. That's called vision. And with vision, we can have confidence. Do you see why the enemy would want to steal that from you? Do you see why he would want to rob you of that? Because where there's vision, there's victory. And where there's victory, you're walking in your destiny. Now, it's interesting to, to see, what was this servant of Elisha doing prior to this circumstance? What was he doing? He was serving God. He, he was serving God. You know what that tells us this morning? Write this down. Is that you can be doing all the right stuff and still experience all that is wrong. You can be doing all that is right and still experience all that is wrong. We just got through a series called uh, the, the Life That God Blesses, right? I hope you enjoyed that series. It talked about positioning ourselves to be blessed by God. We talked about uh, surrender. We talked about brokenness. We talked about holiness. And last week, Pastor Farrell just hit it out of the park talking about gratitude. And we said that it is true that when we align ourselves in these ways, that we live a life that God blesses. But how many of you know this? That sometimes, sometimes, you can be serving God. You can be going to church. You can be raising your kids right. You can be passionate in worship, faithful in your tithe, leading groups. And how many of you know sometimes still stuff happens? Still stuff happens. And the question that sometimes we ask in that moment is this. God, how is this possibly fair? This isn't fair. Lord, I serve you. I love you. I chase after you. I do what you want me to do. This isn't fair. It's, it's an understandable emotion, isn't it? Can I step on a couple of toes today? 
Jesus never promised us that life would be fair. Jesus just promised us that he would always be faithful. Life isn't always fair. But we were not made for just this temporary life. We were made for eternal life. And in this world, Jesus was very clear about what we would face. He said, in this world, you will have what? But take heart. Why? Vision. I'm with you. Yeah, life's not fair. You can do everything that you possibly knew how to do for your kid. You could be praying for them. You could have been a a, a parent that raised your kids in the way of God and then make a decision to go off a different way. And and what do you do? That's not fair. Lord says, don't walk looking for the fair. Walk in looking for the faithfulness of me. I'm not done yet, (laughs) Jesus would say to you. I'm not finished yet. Jesus would say to you. He would say, walk in fairness. And we need to understand that our circumstances are not a reflection of God's faithfulness. Our circumstances are not a reflection of God's faithfulness. God is faithful. This world never will be. This world never will be. Thank God that this world is not our final destination. Praise Him for that. This is temporary. Our chief aim in life is not to live a life void of hurt, but rather our chief aim is to experience his presence in our life. You know, I got bad news for you. And you're like, right after Thanksgiving? What a downer. You're going to hurt. You're going to hurt. But how you handle your hurt will determine how you can walk in victory or not. It requires vision. God given vision. Psalm 23, 4 says that even though I walk through the darkest valley, I will not be afraid for you are close to me. Your rod and your staff, they do what? They comfort me. I will fear no evil. But what about this, guys? What about this? What about when you are afraid? Come on, can we be honest? Sometimes we play church, right? We get all we get all dolled up, we all, and, and we say the right words, right? I will not fear. I will not fear. I will not fear. I'm not afraid. Sometimes things happen, or you get certain news. How many of you would admit that you're afraid? And you almost are guilty for being afraid because you wonder if that makes you a substandard Christian. I'm not supposed to be afraid, but yet why do I feel afraid? Write this down for number two. You need to understand something. Fear is not a failure. Fear is not a failure. What did the the servant of Elisha do? Dude, he freaked out. He saw this army. He saw his circumstance. And he was deathly afraid. Here's his words. Oh no. What shall we do? I'll, I'll tell you, there are some things in this world that we're afraid of that we never should be. How many of you ever heard of nomophobia? It's the fear of not having your cell phone. <laughs> Some things we're afraid of that we shouldn't be afraid of. How about um, ergophobia? Have you ever heard of ergophobia? That's the fear of work. How many of you have a coworker? <laughs> or, or what about oikophobia? This is my favorite one. 
It's the fear of household appliances. Most wives say that their husband has oikophobia, fear of household appliances. These are all things that we can be afraid of that are silly to be afraid of. But, but some of the things that you're facing today, they're not silly. They're far from it. And, you're, and maybe right now, you're a little bit afraid. Maybe you're, you're a little shaken. Can I tell you this? I believe this to, to, to my core, is that emotions are a God-given gift. Why? Because it points us back to Him. When I'm afraid, when I'm desperate, when I feel overwhelmed and I'm experiencing those emotions, you know what those are? They're a gift from God. Because it reminds me of something. I'm in need of a Savior. Not just for my eternal life, but for my life here on earth. How many of you, you're like me sometimes. You need to be reminded of the fact that you need a Savior. Because you love duct tape. Duct tape fixes everything. And so whatever circumstance comes at you, whatever situation, you just pull out the duct tape. I got this. I can handle it. I got it. You ever been there? Can I tell you something? You're cool, but you ain't that cool. You're amazing at what you can do and what you can overcome, but can I tell you what you can what you can do and what you can overcome in your own strength is nowhere close to what God can do through you. And so the circumstance that you might be facing, you've lost vision, and you're thinking that the circumstance is something that you have to overcome. No wonder you feel like it's never going to get better. No wonder you feel like this is never going to change. Because you're relying on you. Where the Lord would say, here, let me give you clear vision. It's not about you. It's about what I'm going to do in you and through you. It's the victory that's about to come your way. Uh, Write this down, number three. Vision leads to victory. Vision leads leads to victory. What the servant of Elisha saw was defeat. What the servant of Elisha saw was that he did not have what it took to overcome his circumstances. But you know what vision did? Vision allowed this this servant of the Lord to see that all of the resources of heaven were at his disposal. Can I tell you something? Because of who you are in Jesus, because of who you are in Christ, all of the resources of heaven are at your disposal. You feel like you might be alone in what you're facing today, but if you could see what God sees, you'd see chariots all around, a fire ready on your behalf to help you overcome. That's vision. We see with our natural eyes. What we don't see is that you as a child of God, you have all the resources of heaven. Romans chapter 8, verse 17 says, And if children, then heirs, heirs of God, and joint heirs with Christ. If indeed we suffer with him, that we may be glorified together. That's not just a promise for tomorrow. That's a promise for now. That you have been given all of the resources of heaven to deal with whatever it is that you're dealing with. Listen, with my kids, my children sometimes get themselves in circumstances. Sometimes they get themselves in situations. And when they are in a bad place, you know what? Every single resource that I have is available to them to help them overcome. 
It doesn't matter how bad it is. Every single resource in my home is available to them that they might overcome the difficulties that they're facing. And how much more so is that true with our Heavenly Father? That He sees you as His child. And would He withhold any good thing from you? No. Every resource of heaven is at your disposal that you might see victory. Victory. So how do we begin to walk in vision? Real quick, I'm going to give you these three things. I'm going to get you out of here. How do we begin to walk with vision so that we might have victory? The first is this. Rest in His promises. Relax in His presence and rejoice in His peace. Rest in His promises. Relax in His presence and rejoice in His peace. The Bible tells us in Habakkuk 2, 2, it says, Lord, answer me, write the vision, make it plain on tablets that those who read it may run with it. Listen, how cool is it that God took the vision that he has for your life. He captured it in a tablet right here. He passed it down through generations that you might pour yourself into his word and run with it in those moments that you feel like you just can't go on. Then he says, crack open my word, rest in my promises. My promises tell you so many things among them that you can conquer anything. Why? Because of who you are in Christ Jesus. That you can overcome anything. That you are more than a conqueror. Rest in his, pre- rest in his promises. Relax in his presence. Jesus says, come to me, all who labor and are heavy burdened, and I will give you what? Rest. I will give you rest and rejoice in his peace. Listen to what it says in Philippians chapter 4, verses 4 through 7. It says, Rejoice in the Lord when? Always. Except for when you're going through hardship. <laughs> Especially. Rejoice in the Lord always. And again, I'll say it, just in case you missed it. This is what the Bible says. Again, I say rejoice. Rejoice in the tribulation. Rejoice in the problems that you're facing. Rejoice always. And let your gentleness be evident to all. Why? The Lord is near. Do not be anxious about anything. But in every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your request to God. And the peace of God which transcends all understanding. It don't make sense. (laughs) You Christians are weird. It don't make sense. You're facing all these hardships, and yet you've got a peace about you? Why? Because you got vision. Why can you have peace? Why can you have this overcoming spirit? Why can you still seem like you're in control of things and life is okay, even though it's apparently not? It doesn't make sense. Why? Because you know that your God is dear. That he has not forsaken you and he has not abandoned you. The peace of God which transcends all understanding will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. You know what guarding is? It's it's an action step. It's active. (laughs) A turkey bowl. I tried to guard a few people. We're not going to talk about it. 
I was incapable of doing it. <laughs> yeah. I was incapable of doing it. Why? Well, because I turned 44 and uh, enjoyed Thanksgiving dinners. And, uh, and I just didn't have the strength, the ability to do it. But think about this for a second. Okay, capture, I want you to capture this. It says that God will guard your hearts. God will guard. God is actively moving on your behalf. So when the enemy comes and he throws circumstances that you weren't ready for, your God who is all powerful says, I got this. Boom, get out of the way. Boom, get that out of the way. Boom, I get that. Come just run behind me. I got you. Come run. See that? So that's why when we know that God is active on our behalf and he's moving powerfully on our behalf, man, we can look weird to the world because we've got vision. We see what God's doing. Psalm 61 says this here. Maybe this is your cry this morning because I don't know where all of you are at, but what I do know is this. Guaranteed there are individuals in here today who are going through some stuff. You're going through some stuff. So maybe your cry today is the same cry as the psalmist who said, hear my cry, O God. I listen to my prayer. From the ends of the earth, I call to you. I call as my heart grows faint. Lead me to the rock that's higher than I. For you have been my refuge and a strong tower against the foe. Lead me to that rock that is higher than I. Listen to me. Where you are today, there's only one place to run, and that's up. That's to him. So many times when we're facing situations, we run in so many different ways except to him. Listen, Oprah ain't going to help you. The liquor in the cabinet's not going to help you. Whatever it is that you're substituting for the refuge, the high tower, it ain't going to help you. But he will. You know what that is? That's vision. That's vision. Close your eyes this morning. Maybe this morning, in the midst of this holiday season, where everything is supposed to be happy, 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 but you're looking at the circumstances before you, and you're just like, man, this is hard stuff. This is hard stuff. And I just need to hand this over to God. I need my vision to be restored. I need to see what He sees. I can't just see what my natural eyes see. And so you're needing the Holy Spirit to do a work in you right now. Would you just raise your hand? Because I want to agree with you in prayer. I want to agree the Holy Spirit is just going to show you His victory. I want to agree with you the Holy Spirit is going to help you overcome. I want to agree with you that God is going to move on your behalf. Would you just raise your hands again right where you are so I can see you. Thank you. Yes, I see your hands all over this place. All over this place. So, God, right now, I pray for my friends who have their hands raised high. Those that are just desperate for you right now. Lord, I don't know what their circumstance is, but it doesn't matter because I know who you are. And, God, I know you are going to move 
on their behalf. I pray that the scales that are upon their eyes will begin to fall right now. That they would see supernaturally that you are moving on their behalf. That you are with them. That you are for them. That you are moving, Lord God. Holy Spirit, I pray that they would sense in the deepest part of their soul right now the peace that transcends all understanding. It surpasses understanding. That they would see you are moving, God. You are moving. Would you agree with me? You are moving, Lord. Just say right where you are. You are moving. Lord is moving on your behalf. And Father, in the midst of our trial, we will give you praise. In the midst of our hardship, we will give you praise. Because victory is coming. And victory is here. And if you believe that, would you stand and worship your God this morning? Lifted up, he defeated the grave. Raised to life. God is able good amen he is able to do all things amen you guys believe that in this place how many believe that god is able amen well i hope pastor jeremy what god laid on his heart reached you today and i hope that beyond the confined walls of this church we take it and apply it to the community and the people that we surround ourselves with amen For more information on Grace Covenant Church, our service times, ministry opportunities, directions, and more, visit us at gracecovenant.org. 